Good morning, church. Man, can we just give the Lord a clap offering? That was some good worship. That was, that, man, that was just that song, Highlands, is probably one of my favorite songs right now. I love that song. So here's what you can do today. Um, if you're new here, we just want to welcome you. Uh, my name is Nate, and uh, I'm the next-gen pastor here, which is a fancy term that I get to hang out with a lot of really cool young people, all right? So... But what you can do is, is, if it's your first time, we want you to come back next week when Pastor Brian will be back. So don't judge us on anything that happens today, okay? Just want you to know that. I told Pastor Brian this. I said, now think about this, Pastor Brian. You're going to let the youth pastor talk about sex? Come on now. So, yeah, everybody went earmuffs, right, you know? So uh, we're going to have some fun today, but we're going to be real serious as well. And uh, we're just grateful that you're here, and uh, we're excited to see what God's going to do as he continues to take us through this series. It's been amazing, and uh, we're grateful. So I'll never forget that, uh, that fall day. And so I was sitting um, in chapel at our, at our college, and I'm just going to be honest with you. It's another story for another day. The only reason I went to this college uh, was to play basketball, just going to be real, just going to be honest. You know, I'm a, I'm a teenager going through life, and I was not living for the Lord at that time. Another story for another day, but that's how basketball seriously saved my life, and so that's part of my testimony, and I can share that another time. But I'm sitting there, and they made you go to chapel, and, uh, which was great, you know, in a lot of ways, but a lot of us hated going. And so it was this fall day, and I'll never forget, and we're sitting there in chapel, and uh, it was my first semester, my freshman year, and uh, so I'm sitting there, and as I'm sitting there, all of a sudden, this bright light just came into the chapel, and it was like this, like, heavenly sound of like, oh, and then there was this angel that walked in, and I was like, man, this Christian school has angels showing up at chapel. This is amazing, right? And it was just this beautiful thing. And I didn't know at the time, but this angel's name was Wendy. And (laughs) so she walks in, and um, it was was crazy. And so obviously, as a young punk, um, uh, messing around with his friends, sitting in the back of the chapel, because we didn't want to sit any closer to the front, because that meant you were probably closer to God, and we weren't that close yet. And so we sat all the way in the back, not saying anything about you today. That's just my thing, okay? (laughs) No judgment. No judgment, all right? And so it just so happened that this angel named Wendy that I didn't know yet sat right in front of me and all my, you know, buddies. And I was just like, okay, this is great. This is working out great. And so you know how it is for some of you. Some of you are like, no, Nate, we don't. uh, We were never that immature, but that's okay. And so uh, my buddies are like, oh, you got to talk to her. Like, you got to talk to her. And I'm just like, I'm just like starstruck, you know. I'm just like, whoa. And so they're like, oh. I, I dare you. I, I dare, ask her if she's married. Ask her if she's married. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. And then, you know, it's like, oh, man, I'll give you all the snacks I got in my dorm if you ask her. I'll buy you a pizza late night. You know, those, that's like gold when you're in college. And so I'm like, okay, you know, doesn't take much, obviously. I'm like, all right, snacks and pizza, good deal. All right, we're going to do this. So I tap her on the shoulder. She turns around, the sweet saint of an angel, Wendy that I didn't know yet, and this crazy, immature rebel named Nate, and I said, 
are you married? And all my friends, they're busting up laughing. Everybody's going nuts. No lie. She, she says, she does this. She says, because she's from Kentucky. So she was about to give me that Kentucky slap. But she said, no, turned around. No lie. She gets up and walks to the front of the chapel. Yeah. And so that's how Wendy and I met. It's a beautiful story. And um, so with that said, thank the Lord that he got a hold of my life and uh, that he also got a hold of Wendy's life and uh, said, give, the, give that crazy guy a chance. And um, so that led to this picture. And um, yeah, I know what you're thinking. I haven't changed at all. I know you're thinking that. So I know you're really looking at me right now, um, but if you really think, I know Wendy's the only one that hasn't changed, and it's hard to believe next summer we'll be married 20 years. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, 20 years? Yeah, thank you. You can, yeah, clap for Wendy, not for me. Clap for, <laughs> clap for Wendy, not for me. But 20 years, that's hard to believe. And so I say that to say, before I get into today, it is a hard subject. We're talking about some hard things. I want you to to just understand briefly, and, and it is a funny story, and I wish it was more romantic, and we could be in some awesome commercial, you know, like every kiss begins with K, and you know, it could be something like that, but that's the, that's the most you're ever going to hear me sing, by the way, but, uh, but, it, it, but it's just not, and I'm thankful, and so I want to give a little disclaimer today before we start. Our pastor, Pastor Brian, in all seriousness, has done an amazing job through this series, uh, there's not very many people that, that, that preach on the Song of Song or Song of Solomon, and uh, you don't see very many churches doing it, and definitely you don't see very many pastors doing it, and we're grateful for um, his boldness um, to hear from the Lord and to carry out um, these messages. And so the disclaimer today is, and I think Pastor Brian has done a great job with this already, is, is this, is that today's message um, is nothing about anybody um, hitting somebody and making them feel guilty. It's not a, if you're here with your spouse and maybe you're not, maybe you're, you're single, maybe you're even widowed and maybe you're uh, just trying to figure this whole thing out and maybe you're even here and you're married but you're here by yourself because your spouse doesn't come and you're sitting there and you're, you're maybe feeling guilt or you're, you're throwing guilt on your spouse or somebody. That's not what today is. Today is literally we're going to go through God's word verse by verse and we're going to break it down and we're just going to give it to you and just let his word do what it does and it doesn't come back void. But today is definitely not any of that and you got to understand and know that. And so if you sit here and you're saying, yeah, my marriage is maybe in a different place right now and we're going to get to that even more later. This is not any of that. This is to say that we've prayed over this place and this space. We've prayed for each one of you. And we're saying, let the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do for you personally and for your marriage. And we're going to get further into that. I'm already giving you most of my message before I get started. But I want you to make sure that you hear that today. So everything that is shared is expressed in love. And maybe we'll have a little bit of fun with it as well. But you've got to know that today. And so it's interesting, before we go in and before we go into chapter 7 of Song of Songs and before, before we break this down verse by verse, and really, it's, 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 it's tough to talk about. 
I've been wrestling with it. I've been wrestling with it for a while. Now you guys are going to wrestle with it and we're going to do it together. But what was interesting, and I thought about this, is we think about this, this gift of marriage and we think about this life and wherever you are in your, in, in your journey. But I think about these things and I thought this was interesting. I got this from the Focus on the Family and it talked about four major issues that we deal with within marriage. And I thought this was good because it's a reminder and I'm really just expressing to you as Winnie and I almost go into our 20th year of marriage. What I want to say with that is, is that we've done a lot of things right and I've messed up a lot of things. <laughs> I'm not going to speak for Wendy. And so that's really kind of, even as we express today, some of our life and some of our journey as well. But I thought it was interesting about these four things and, it, and the first one is this, sin. And it's the illusion, uh, illusion will fade of whom we you have married. I thought that was interesting because what happens is, is that sin comes into our life, right? It comes into our marriage and it says, this is not the same person that said I do on that day. Come on now. Because we do change and there's a lot of things that happen. And the second one is age. And you, there again, don't elbow nobody and say you've put on a few pounds or nothing like that. But your beauty fades, right? And we're going to break down some things later. And the third one is this, forgetfulness. There again, ladies, don't tell your husband that they're forgetful. But we take for granted the faithfulness of our mates. And the fourth one is this. And man, I tell you what, this one kind of slapped me around a little bit. And it's laziness. Laziness is where we take each other for granted. They're just going to be there. They're going to just be there. They're going to show up. They're going to say what I need at the right time. And so what's interesting is, is that on those wedding days and on those days that we start off and everything's great and all our family and friends are there and it's like, this is the greatest thing and you play the right music and you read the right poem and, and all these things and it starts out to where the relationship is all tenderness and romance and love and it's, you know, all these beautiful things. But after a few years, what happens? It seems like some of that may go away. And so what happens is as we break down and as we look in the, the chapter 7 of Song of Psalms in the text today is that we see that a lot of this goes into intimacy, right? And obviously we use the word sex as well. But what happens is, is that because of some of the things that we've talked about, these four things, and after years we miss out on some things and that goes away and that intimacy falls apart and goes away in our marriages, and obviously, we can talk about all relationships. And so we're going to read this, and I'm just going to tell you the title of the message today is It's Getting Hot in Here. And literally, I'm already sweating to death, but it's obviously getting hot in here for a lot of other reasons. And, and this, is, this is the text today. And so we're just going to talk about it, and we're going to break it down. And it's, 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 it's intense. I'm just going to tell you, I'm embarrassed just thinking about it. But here we go. And it says this in chapter 1, and it'll be on the screen as well, and it's just so interesting. It says this, How beautiful are your feet and sandals, O noble daughter. Your rounded thighs are like jewels. Whew. Okay, yeah. The work of a master hand. Your navel is a rounded bowl that never lacks mixed wine. I'm sure some of you do not like that your navel is considered to a bowl, but that's where we're at. Your belly is a heap of wheat and encircled with lilies. Your two breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. Your neck is like an ivory tower. Your eyes are pools and heshbon by the gate of Bathrabim. Your nose is like a tower of Lebanon, which looks toward Damascus. Your head crowns you like caramel, and your flowing locks are like purple. A king is held captive in the tresses. 
How beautiful and pleasant you are, O loved one, with all of your delights. Your stature is like a palm tree. I haven't even got there yet. I haven't even got there yet. I'm the one up here sweating. I told Pastor Brian, I said, you got to be kidding me that you gave me chapter 7. <laughs> your stature is like a palm tree and your breasts are like its clusters. Whew, and I say, I will climb the palm tree and lay hold of its fruit. <laughs> Amen. I honestly thought I was going to get through this without smiling so much, but I am sorry for some of you because some of you are like, Nate, just get it and do it. All right. And the scent of your breath like apples in your mouth like the best wine. It goes down smoothly for my beloved, gliding over lips and teeth. And then it's verse 10, it starts with her and says this, I am my beloved's and his desires for me. And so it switches from him to her. Come, my beloved, let us go out into the fields and lodge in the village, villages. Let us go out early to the vineyards and see whether the vines have budded, whether the grape blossoms have opened and the pomegranates are in bloom. There I will give you my love. The mandrakes give forth fragrance, and besides our doors are all choice fruits, new as well as old, which I have laid up for you, oh, my beloved. I'm just going to pray for all of us. Lord, help us, Lord. We're grateful for your word. It's a tough subject. It's good to have fun, but now, Lord, will you just speak to us? May your presence fill this place. In Jesus' name, amen. What's interesting is this, is that if you've been here through the series, as you've read through these texts, is that we've witnessed on their honeymoon that Solomon progresses from her head on down talking about her. What's interesting now, after they've been married for a few years here, as they've been married and what's taking place is, now he starts the exact opposite. He starts in the order of her feet to her head. Now, for some of you ladies, you're like, oh, that's great. He really loves my face, but now he loves my feet. Now, I don't know what that says about him, right? But it's interesting, right? It's like what we talked about in the beginning is that, why is it like this sometimes in marriage? The longer you are married, maybe the worse that it is, and we're not sure about what, how we feel about our bodies, what it looks like, and we, we go to those first four things that we talked about, and we kind of don't understand maybe all that's happening. And so what I want to see today is, is that we today, no matter where you are in your marriage, no matter where you are in, in your relationship, and is this, is that it is because normally that we miss out on an unwillingness to change. And so the first and important point today, there again, no elbowing, no nothing like that. The first and important point today is a willingness to change. Now you got to get this today. you got to understand this today. And this spoke heavily to me. You change for God's sake, not your spouse's sake. You change for God's sake, not your spouse's sake. Because that's what we do most of the time. Okay, you need to change for me. You need to do this for me. Okay, I will change for you. No, you need to have an experience with our Heavenly Father. You need to have an experience with Jesus Christ. And then that's when your marriage will change. We got it all backwards all the time. We miss out on this, right? 
because it's an emotional thing. It's something that takes place in our marriages, whether it's guilt or, 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 or our past or, or maybe it's even pride and we miss out on something. We're like, okay, I'll just kind of trick her into doing it or, or I'll just trick him into doing this. And what happens is like, oh, I'll just change enough so she stays with me. I'll just change enough so he stays with me. And the thing is, is that that's going to continue to be there in your marriage until your spouse, whoever that is, husband or wife, until you change for God's sake, you're always going to have a little bit of ruffling in your marriage. And so here's what's going to happen today. We're going to break this down verse by verse, and, 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 and we're just going to give it. And it's, it's tough and it's hard. And so we're going to focus uh, cha- uh, verses 1 through 9a on how Solomon treated the Shulamite woman. But then we're going to talk to the ladies from verse 9b to, 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 to the end. And I want you to get this until the, to the end of the verses. And so I want you to understand this. And so men, you got to know, don't, I don't need you to, to, to be upset with me. This is just God's word and, and, and I'm just delivering it. And then ladies, when it comes to your turn, please definitely don't get upset with me. I love you all, okay? I love you all. But I want you to just to get this today. And so some topics men must deepen in their marriage. They're again, wives. This isn't a time where you elbow This isn't a time. If anything, maybe right now in this moment you start praying. And so some topics men must do to deepen their marriage. And and, and I want to say one other like disclaimer. Men, I stand here today to say that I'm a broken man and thank goodness for the love and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. I've done all I can in my marriage. I've messed up multiple times. I'm giving you these things with me, taking a journey with you arm in arm. I've, I've not said that I got all these down. You can talk to Wendy anytime you want. She'll be here at the 11 a.m. service. Stick around. She'll tell you how I've messed it all up. But we're doing it together, men. Arm in arm. We're fighting the battle. And so the first one is this. And it talks about this in verse 1. And we've already mentioned it a little bit. But your knowledge of your mate. So men, how beautiful was her sandaled feet. Solomon knew every square inch of her. From her feet to the top of her head. Man, I thought that was good. And I've missed out on this. I've missed out on it. And so what's interesting as we, as we look at this whole thing and as we, as we look into this letter, we've seen Solomon call her dove. Unique one. Perfect one. His darling, mare, lily, rose. Now he's calling her royalty. Noble daughter in the ESV version and old prince's daughter in the NIV version. And what I think, men, is this, and, and friends, I think that we agree that what happens is, is that there's a tremendous danger in taking each other for granted. But, men, what happens is, is for some reason, and maybe it's just the way God made us all, right, we forget about the knowledge of our mate and how beautiful they are. And so if you're single here or wherever you're at in your circumstances, you need to think and pray about these things. And we're going to go through them because we got a long, long way to go yet. So just keep, keep rolling with me. And the second one is this, knowing intimate details of your mate. Verses 1 and 2. Your, and I know we laughed a little bit, but in the NIV version it says your graceful legs. And the ESV version it talked about rounded thighs, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, be careful how you say things, but just to to know intimate details of your mate, right? Your thighs are like jewels. Your navel is a a rounded goblet that never lacks blended wine. Your waist is a a mound of wheat. Now, what's interesting about this, and and, 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 and this is what convicted me, men, 
This, this convicted me as, we were, as I was studying this and thinking about this and knowing intimate details of your mate. And what's interesting is, is that the wine and wheat was a spring and fall crop in Israel. So what happens is, is that for that to happen is, is that sunshine had to get to it. And so what's interesting and, and why this is important is, is that I believe it's because of us bringing sunshine and what Solomon did, the sunshine brought it to the garden. And what's interesting, men, is for many of us is that we need to continue to bring sunshine to our wives' garden. Let them bloom. Man, I thought the ladies would be more excited about that. Awesome. So what happens is, though, what happens is, is that for many of us, and, 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 and this is for all of us, and, I, and, 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 and what, what's interesting is, is this, is that we forget to keep allowing the sunshine to grow on our spouse or on our mate, and we start maybe looking at, at, at someone else's garden. And so what happens, men, is that we miss out on the, the intimate things of our, of our wives and our mates. And what happens is instead of putting the sunshine on her garden and letting her bloom in a new and fresh way, we start looking at somebody else's garden. Just me then, men? Just me? Okay, I'll stand up here and be the one. And so what happens is, is this, and it's not just for the men, so let me just take it off of you for a minute, but it's for all of us. And what's interesting, I found this, a friend of mine sent this to me, and I thought this was good, but here's what happens when we, we start to quit putting the sunshine on our spouse's garden and maybe start looking at somebody else's garden, and it comes to this. This is when the ease happens. When the ease happens, at least to somebody else. And so we're going to go through those. It'll be on the screen. The first one is this. The elimination happens, right? That's the intimacy, the tenderness and respect. And obviously there's an emotion there. So there's an emotional vacuum maybe in the home. And so we're going to go and get the emotional fulfillment in someone else's garden. And the more ease the encounter, you meet somebody, right? Ooh, their garden looks nice. You meet somebody, and then it leads to enjoyment. You begin to enjoy someone else's company. You enjoy somebody else's compliments, and you draw from them what you should be getting from your spouse. Come on now, church. Don't let me be up here alone. And then the expedition, right? You make sure you end up in that person's presence. Oh, it's going to get quiet. And you begin to dream about what it would be like being with them. And then we keep going, right? The expression, you start communicating to that person and how you feel. And then obviously it leads to the experience. You act out on what you've thought. And so men, I'm speaking to you obviously, but it's for all of us in this moment. And I believe Solomon shows us these things of the knowledge and knowing intimate details of your mates. And so we got to make sure that we don't encounter these ease in our marriages. And so if anything, what you can do is pray for all of our marriages. You definitely better be praying for mine because if I'm going to deliver a message like this, guess what? The enemy's coming. And it's the same for Pastor Brian and everybody else on staff. And it's the same for you that sit here in this church and have been through this series. 
We better be praying for each other and our marriages and for our singles and for our young people and all the things that deals with relationships. The fourth thing is this, deepening your gentleness. Verse 3, I didn't mean to make it a a funny thing, it just happened, but obviously verse 3, your breasts are like twin bonds. Remember that was earlier in the text when we saw this phrase on their honeymoon. And so I believe that for us men, it's just uh, I'm only speaking for myself. I won't put you in the category. But sometimes what happens is, is that we miss out on the gentleness in our marriages, in our spouse's life, and our relationships. And so there's a lot more I could say. i got to keep rolling. The, the fifth thing is this, deepening your respect. Verse 4, neck of ivory. This speaks of respect. And so, men, this is the question. There again, no elbow to nobody. Do you respect your mate? Do you respect your wife? Do you respect them even more now than you did in the past? Do you respect them? And as we continue, and as Solomon continues to just love and just speak everything about her body, it's a beautiful picture, right? The sixth thing is this, trust needs to deepen, verse 4. Now you're like, Nate, what is this? Where do you get this at? I don't understand this. Just let me tell you a brief thing here. And it says, your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon. And you're like, Nate, I'm not sure that's a compliment, right? But I want you to get this. I want you to hear it. And this is interesting about the facts of this. This is what's so good about God's word, right? Israel could only be attacked from the north because of desert and great ravines on either side. So the tower would watch for enemies, So it was very important to the welfare of Israel at this time. So just like in our relationships, we need to deepen the trust. And and, and we got to make sure that we deepen it over time. And so I believe what he's saying is your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon. It's saying, I trust you. I trust you. The seventh one is this, admiration needs to deepen. Some of you are like, man, why did I show up today? Man, gosh. Verse 5, your head crowns you like Mount Carmel. Your hair is like purple in the ESV version, but in the NIV version, I love it, it says royal tapestry. And I love that. Mount Carmel was a beautiful place. He's talking about her hair. Her hair is like royalty. And I love that. Solomon admires her more than he ever did. And when they first got together, he admires her now. And so, men, this is something that I believe that happens as well, is that we forget and we miss out on the admiration of our wives. We forget and miss out on the admiration of our spouses. And so I believe Solomon is saying, I admire you. I admire you. And then in verses 7 and 9, and then the last thing for the men is his devotion for her deepens. I like that he is held captive. His devotion is deeper now than at the beginning. And so obviously, men, all these topics deepen in your marriage, and so will intimacy. No amen from the men there? Okay, awesome. If we do these things and we see what Solomon's doing and we see and we even kind of like laughed a little bit, right? But we, we see what is happening and he's literally pouring sunshine onto our garden and letting her bloom in a new and fresh way. And we miss out, right? Honeymoon's great. First couple weeks is great. Maybe even the first year's great. And we quit letting her bloom. We keep putting, quit putting sunshine on her and miss out and we quit leading, right? We quit praying with them. 
We quit reading God's word with them. We take them for granted. They're just going to show up. They're just going to be there. We're going to just count on them. And then I can only speak for the men, and so we're just going to get as honest and as real as possible in this moment. But yet we still want something from them, right? And not just intimacy, not just that topic, but there's other things. But obviously that's something as us men we can lead and say, we want that, but yet we're not doing anything on our part to do all we can to make them flourish and bloom, but we still expect that, and then we don't get it. We make them feel guilty. We make them feel like something's wrong with them. Come on now. And so, man, that's just the way it is, and that's just being real talk, just us. I'm just going to challenge you to do all you can, to do all you can to make your wife bloom, no matter if you've been married for a week or if you've been married for 50 years. And I believe, as we see in Solomon and what he's talking about here, I believe that's the way it can be for our marriages. And this is a tough subject. And so we're going to talk a little bit more later. And so now we're going to get to the ladies, all right? Ladies. That's the end of the message. See y'all. Oh, Lord, help me. Guys, you had like 20 things. Ladies, you're going to have three, all right? You're going to have three. You can send all your emails to randym at pathwayvb.com. It's good to laugh, it's good to have fun, but ladies, I believe there's some things here that we see from the Shulamite woman. And I think that's interesting. And so ladies, some areas maybe you need to deepen in your relationship with your husband. And there again, um, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't take any of these past Wendy, so don't blame her, okay? It was just me and the Lord, nobody else. That's it. God's word, God's word. The first one is this, your security and your relationship with your husband. I thought it was interesting if you listen to the statement she makes in verses 7, 10. I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. Obviously, men, right? We are letting her bloom. So now she feels the security in your love. And I loved her confidence. Her security in her relationship has deepened. And obviously, it's because of what already has taken place. And so, ladies, I don't know where you're at, and I don't know. And there again, you're like, oh, man, I wish my husband would let my garden bloom, and I'd be, you know, more secure. Um, that's not, you do what God's telling you. And so I'm going to get through this rather quickly and get off the stage. But the second one is this. Your desire for your husband. Same thing. Verse 7, or, or chapter 7, verse 10. The word desire is only used three times in the Old Testament. I thought this was interesting. The other two are in Genesis 3.16 and 4.7. And I thought that was interesting that it's only used three times in the Old Testament and it happens to be when we're talking about this, right? A relationship, intimacy, things that are happening. And I love what, he, what, what she says. Come, my lover, let us go to the countryside slash fields. There I will give you my love. I believe that she felt that she was being so just loved on and sunshine on her garden and she felt like a new and a powerful woman and it was an amazing thing and that's what happened. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny, but she was like, oh, thank you. Let's go, <laughs> you know. 
And all the men are like, yeah, all right. Come, my lover, let us go to the countryside side slash fields. There I will give you my love. Now, men, don't get too excited here. I'm not trying to say anything, but this is something I felt. This is it. But I thought it was interesting. She is the initiator. Yeah, got one amen. All right, yeah, wow. She's the initiator. Look at her passion, her desires for her husband. Woo! I got to call Wendy real quick. Hold on. (laughs) Unfortunately, what's happened is, and that's why I wanted to give the disclaimers, there's been a lot of pastors and preachers that have taken the pulpit and they have used it in the wrong way. And they have spoke down to women and they have spoke badly about women. And that breaks my heart. And so even maybe you sit here today and you have some of that church hurt. And you were told a certain thing about you because you're a woman. Don't believe that lie today. You are a powerful, strong woman. I want my daughter to know and believe that. And that she is the king's daughter, just like Solomon talked about the Shulamite woman, the prince's daughter. She is special and she is beautiful and she is amazing exactly the way God created her. And I'm going to tell you, we've had a lot of fun. I, if I have said anything that came across in any way that way, please, you can let me know because that is not my heart. We will do all we can and we want you women to bloom. We need you and we want you and we want to see you strive in God's just amazing new and fresh way. And so we've had some fun, but what's interesting is this, as we talk about marriage and as we kind of are going to wrap this up in, in, in the most crazy way possible, but I thought this was interesting. I heard this quote, and unfortunately, I don't know who said it, but he said this, I find marriage like trying to climb an escalator when it's going down. You have to work at it, and when you stop, you find yourself at the bottom. I thought that was so good, because marriage is hard. Marriage is tough. There's no doubt about it, and it's kind of like climbing an escalator, and we may finally eventually, you know, get to it, right? We may finally get there, but if we stop trying, if we stop working in our marriages, if we stop encouraging and loving our wives, men, and ladies, if we stop encouraging and loving our husbands, we're going to end up at the bottom and wonder what happened. And so here's a few next step questions that I want you guys to get and I want you to hear, and we're going to kind of wrap up in a different way today, but I want you to get this. And, and maybe uh, you, we've looked at, uh, at these and each of, uh, of us had how to deepen our relationship, but maybe the question for you here today, wherever you are in your relationship, and, and the question is this, am I even going to try? What's interesting today, and we had some fun and we talked about a lot of different things, and I gave you a lot of information as we broke down these verses But some of you, I think, just heard a verse saying, you can't, it's hopeless. 
And some of that may be your own just life and your past and how you feel about yourself and you've brought that into your marriage. We could have a whole sermon on that and, and, and that, right? But it's just maybe some of you have brought something into your marriage and you still haven't dealt with it and it's been years that you've been in this marriage and you've never dealt with it and you're like, I can't do this. I can't be that person, Nate. I can't be those three things you said or I can't be those eight things you said. I'm not saying, just start with one, right? Take the first step up on that escalator and keep going in your marriage and keep working on yourself as well. But, but, but maybe you've heard that. I'm saying to you today, don't believe the lie anymore. Don't believe the lie anymore. Let him work in you personally because don't change for your spouse. Change for God and then let God change you for your spouse. And that's what we want to see. So here's the deal. Will you give all parts of your marriage to God, even the intimate parts? Why do we leave this out? That's why I love what Pastor Brian's doing to this. Nobody ever taught me about the intimacy of God. Nobody ever taught me about the intimacy in my marriage and how I can honor God through intimacy in my marriage. And that's what I love about this series, this passionate series. And there's so many of us that are sitting here and we've been married for years or we've been married for a time and we're like, I don't understand all of it and our our intimacy and our relationship's weird and awkward and why do we make it that way? God gave us the gift. He gave us the gift. Allow us to enjoy it. Allow us to enjoy each other. And so as we wrap this up, um, each week we went through the love booklet and it's been good and I thought it was good this week's uh, so if, you're, if you've been following along with that and been doing it every week I thought it was just interesting as it talked about the wife and the husband and it just follows up with some of the points that we talked about but just a servant wife she respects trusts, supports, accepts, admires a servant husband sacrifices, nourishes cherishes, honors and understands it's on the screen and, and I just thought it was interesting is that we miss out on so many things because of, of life, right? And we miss out on the intimate parts of our spouse that the Lord has given us. And I know I, I was being funny at the beginning about how Winnie and I met, but the honest truth was is that I prayed for that. I prayed hard, and I know she definitely prayed hard, but like I prayed hard. I was like, Lord, if you could just give me somebody like that. And I'll just be honest and humble enough and vulnerable enough to say, there's been days that I've forgotten about the answered prayer that God gave me. I've forgotten about the answered prayer that God gave me. And so the only way that my crazy youth pastor mind works sometimes is I want to end with this. And I thought this was something that just stuck out to me. And so some of you may know this or experience this or have this, but for whatever reason, and and actually we just changed this. And so if you come to my house, I'm not a liar, I promise. But I thought this was interesting. And in in our bedroom, and you're like, Nate, where are you going with this? No, just listen, just hang on, all right, just hang on. But in, in our bedroom, there's a chair. Now, what's amazing about this chair is, is that I'm guilty and it's on me. But for whatever reason, this chair, and maybe you have one like this, but this chair became something else than a chair. I would come home, take off the sweatshirt, throw it on the chair, do nothing with it, come home again, 
throw it on the chair, come home again, change clothes, throw it on the chair. Obviously, you guys are getting a picture here, but I got a lot more items in here, so I'm going to use them all. Come home again, change clothes, throw it on the chair. We never used that chair to sit down one time. And you want to know why? Because I just use it as my own personal uh, clothing thing. You know, I just throw my stuff. Some of you are like, Nate, we got the same chair. It's okay. You don't have to raise your hand. I'm just telling you my story, right? What's crazy is, and what I'm thinking about this, I've already said this in a, in a different way, but what happens is, is that what's interesting is I thought about this and even my own marriage and my own life and just this whole thing with this chair. We had the chair in our bedroom and never used it. And what's interesting is this, right? It was crazy. Is that what happened was, is that we had something and we never let it get to the full potential or use it because we covered it up with all of our other junk and our stuff. Come on now. So what happens is, is this, right? What happens is, is this. Hey, honey, good to see you. Yep, see you. I got to go. Had a bad day at work today. Yep, see you, honey. Yeah, the kids got to go. We got to get, we got to pack lunches. We got to get this. Kids are in sports. We got to go. Yeah, my family's a mess. Yeah, I know the mother-in-law. No, no we're not going to talk about mother-in-laws, but anyhow. But yeah, Thanksgiving's coming up, and we're going to have to meet with those crazy cousins. So just get ready. So we're just going to, yeah, hurry, let's go. And you get the picture. Here's what happens is this, right? We got a beautiful gift that God's given us in our spouse. But what happens is the daily junk, the daily thing of life, and we keep throwing our junk on them and we don't let them be the person that God's called them to be. And the next thing you know, we got something that God's given us and we're not letting them reach their full potential because what happens is we're all guilty. I'm guilty. I walk in the house and it's like a, it's like a whole vomit of nonsense, right? We don't even get to say hi or, or, or how you're doing because we got this and that and this and it's a bad day and we're throwing this and we're throwing that. And next thing you know, our spouses are just covered with junk. And then we want to know why it never leads to any more than just a business transaction pay the bills? Yep. Did you do that? Yep. Did you call someone? Yep. Did you? Yep. 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 Oh, it's 10 o'clock. I'm tired. We're going to bed. No intimacy tonight. No, no, no. We're not even going to have a talk, a conversation, nothing. It's good. I'll see you in the morning. Okay. Get up, pack lunches, get dip. You get what I'm saying, right? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to just sit in his presence for a minute. And I know some of you have to get to somewhere to serve and we're grateful for you serving but I just want to not have very many distractions if we can we're going to sing a song called how good is he what if we just took a few moments as we go into the Thanksgiving season and maybe you're single and you just started praying for your mate but maybe you're in a marriage and you need to say, we need to realize how good he is and we need to get our relationship back to where it needs to be. We got to stop throwing stuff on each other and start letting each other bloom and see what God has for us. So if that means you come to an altar and pray, then come. If that means you sit in your seat and pray, that's fine. If it means you stand, but I just want us to sit in his presence.
want him to sit in his presence and say, how good is he? He's so good. He's so good. So I don't know what you need to declutter. I don't know what you need to do. I gave you a lot of information. I don't know what it is, but I know God does, and I know, I know it's worth trying to give all parts of your marriage to him. So don't just sit there and be like, no, I can't do it. I've been told something so different my whole life. No, give it to the Lord. Let him rescue you. Let him find a new and fresh way and take it into a new relationship. So let me just pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray over this place, Lord. I pray over everything. Lord, I know we all got to get somewhere. We all got to be something, but let us just sit in your presence as we just sing this song and we just say, Lord, you are good. You are good. And if we don't talk about marriage as the church, and we don't talk about intimacy as the church, guess what? The world is talking about it. So will you show up in a new and fresh way in this place and in our marriages and allow us to lead the way, not to be following all that junk and nonsense? So lead us today, Lord, and let us sit in you and just let us be reminded of how good you are. Will you right now, In the name of Jesus, rescue a marriage that's sitting here today that needs to be rescued. I pray the name of Jesus over that marriage right now. I pray the name of Jesus over anybody that's carrying any guilt right now. So whatever it is, we're going to sit in your presence. We'll stand. We'll pray. Whatever it is, Lord. And we will let you know that we love you. We trust you. And you are good.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are and whose we are. With each relationship, each marriage, each person, we give it all to you. Let us sit in your presence. Let us not leave here without taking care of some business if we need to. We're grateful. so good. We're so thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. We're grateful you're here. If you're new, we'd love for you to get to know you a little bit more outside these doors. We love you all so much. We're praying for you. Have a great and happy Thanksgiving.